Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep the special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Laura. Hi, I'm Lara. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater and anorexic. Hi, everyone. Lisa Ann, thank you so much for asking me. Um, which you could feel my heart beating out of my chest right now. Um, I want to welcome uh, the newcomers. Um, this program is amazing. Monica, congratulations on six months. Um, and I want to give a shout out to all the people listening. Um, this particular meeting and podcast has totally saved my life a million times over. Um, and I shout out to the gratitude list that I've been on for four years. Those women have um, saved my life as well. Um, so I have five years and 20 days today, and that is a complete miracle. Did I already thank you, Lisa Am I that nervous? Okay. Um, and I, you know, I didn't think that I was going to get this. I just thought I was, like, <coughs> terminally unique. Um, and I told my I've, I've, um I have not been that anxious about, about leaving here. And then um, today, I just got really nervous. And I had to check in about that. And, like, my disease just, like, wants, I just want everyone to love me. You know, like, I want everyone to think, like, I'm, like, the greatest thing that's ever happened on this earth. And um, and that's the truth. And I just get to, like, keep showing up and know that, like, maybe people think that and maybe people don't, but I don't have to change me in order for that to be true, you know? So I just, I just love that I can say that today. Okay, so what it was like. I think that – I think I was born a compulsive reader for sure. That's just – and anyone listening, anyone in the room, um, that's just how I – this works for me. This is my story. It's, it's my opinion. Um, so I think I was born a compulsive overeater, um, though I have no proof. And this, you know, disease <laughs> starts in my head. And and the reason I know that is because um, I was very, very obsessed with um, – the food didn't manifest until I was about 13, 12, 13. But um, I was completely obsessed with your body and my body and what you thought about my body and what – I thought about your body, and um, and I hate saying this, but it's my truth, and if anyone relates to it, like, I have to carry the message that um, I was really ashamed of my mom being overweight. I thought I was, like, less than because my mom was overweight, and I was really embarrassed when she would come to pick, to pick me up anywhere, and I just thought, like, oh, my God, I'm never going to make it in this world because my mom's overweight, you know? Um and I thought I was going to go to hell. Like, I literally would, like, pray to God that this would not happen. And I just, so that that's that reminder of, like, this happens in my head. And my best friend Mary um, had a little belly, and I didn't have a belly. And we were always in dance class, and I thought, like, I am so much better than you because I have a flat stomach. And we would, like, stand in the mirrors, and I would think that. Like, literally, like, I have no pictures of this. You know, like, these are all, like, my little thoughts and my memories. Um, and I just... You know, I really just thought I was better than you if I was thinner than you. Um, and so, and my mom, okay, so we have this, um, we have this, de- this like, steep hill in the back of our yard. And I have three, I have two older sisters and a little brother. 
And my and when it would rain, my mom would give us little pan pies, and we would um, go outside and she'd go she'd say like go make mud pies, and so we'd make mud pies. But I thought they looked like chocolate pies, and so I would always try to eat the mud. And my mom would like constantly have to like pull me away from the mud pie to let me know like it's not chocolate, you know, but it's what it looked like to me, you know, and. And, like, again, like, there's no photos of this. Like, these are, like, my, it's, like, oh, my God, like, it starts right here. Like, I have a problem up here. Um, and so I just, I just kept doing that, you know. Like, that's what worked for me, those thoughts. Um, and I was just really uncomfortable, you know. It's, like, that's what the big book says, like, restless, irritable, and discontent. Like, that was me. Um, but I definitely, like, tried to put on the smile, tried to put on the happy face. Um, and I am, like, generally, like, a really happy person, like, I got, like, the happy gene, like, I'm pretty happy, but it was also always, like, fighting that as well, you know, um, and so I also thought it would be smart to have a coffee before this, and that did not help, (laughs) um, that's probably what a lot of that is, it was decaf, but still, um, so, um, (laughs) Anyway, so I started picking up the food, um, and and I'll just say this: that nothing that happened, um, nothing that happened to me is why I'm a compulsive reader. My opinion, it's just that like I picked up the food, um, and um, when I was 13, I was sexually assaulted from my sister's boyfriend, her, her older boyfriend. Um, and I spoke up for myself for the first time. You know, I said, stop. I don't want you to do that. Stop. And and he didn't listen. And I just was like, okay, that's my ticket to, you know, I'm being shut off from the rest of the world. And, like, I ran with that. And, and it worked for me. Like, I just used that as my excuse um, for a long, long time. And I was just really uncomfortable and, like, shut down. And I decided that, you know, it was my fault, of course, and that that's what happened to, you know, girls who, I don't know what I thought, but my mom also always told me that, um, she told me I was really little, that if you're beautiful, it's a blessing and a curse, and, and I heard you're cursed, um, and that it was a bad thing, and that was right around the time that I was assaulted, so I just thought, I asked for it, you know, I brought it on, and that's why I really remember picking up the food, I just thought, like, this is going to cure everything, um, and it really did, and I, you know, so much of it was like a blackout. Like, I just have, like, I have, like, sharp memories about certain things, and then I just don't remember, like, chunks of my life because I was in the food. Um, and and I went through, um, I went through high school and um, abused diet pills. Um, I abused laxatives. I, um, I got to a point where, uh, and I wasn't, like, a successful dieter. Like, I don't, you know, I was not. Like, I think two weeks was the longest I'd ever gone on a diet, and I was, like, had lost some weight. Um, but it was about three days. I just knew, like, I just flunk at them. Like, I just can't go on a diet. I'm not good at it. Um, I don't have willpower when it comes to that. I just wanted to eat compulsively. And I got up to 222, and I forgot to say that. So 222 is my top weight, and um, I'm 162 right now. So it's about 62 pounds, 61, 60 pounds. Um, and, and I was, you know, I've been in a normal weight, an average weight, um, for about 
probably about three years, three and a half years, I had, I had come in bigger and lost weight um, as a result of these steps. Um, but I definitely had to release, like, the head obsession first. So um, in high school, I, my friend told me uh, we were going to church camp, and she said, I really want to lose weight for church camp. And I said, yeah, me too. I bet I'm a horrible dieter. And she said, let's just stop eating. And I said, that is a great idea. I have never thought about that one. And I stopped eating for nine weeks. Like, I was like, I'll do it. You know, like, I'll either, like, binge my brains out or I will completely starve myself. Like, that's me. Um, and so I did, and I just became a liar. I mean, I'd already been a liar, but, like, I was really good at lying, and I just, I just thought I was a horrible person. Like, I just didn't understand, like, what was wrong with me. Like, shouldn't I have been better than this? You know, like, didn't God want something more than me? Because I did grow up in, in church. Um, and so I stopped eating for nine weeks, and that's, that was just rough. Um, <laughs> I ate, like, three, I think I had, like, three to four, like, raisins a week. I mean, I was just lying to everyone. Um, my mom would pick, I was 15, my mom would pick me up from work, and um, and she and I worked at a restaurant, of course, and, um, and she said, did you eat lunch? And I said, yeah, absolutely. They, they fed me for free. Um, and then she would take me to the gym, and I would work out, and my sister taught me, Maybe she's one of us. I don't know. Um, maybe that's not kind of me to say. Um, she taught me to saran wrap my waist. I was like, this is a brilliant idea. Like, every bad idea I thought was a brilliant idea. Like, that is how I know. Like, I am a compulsive overeater. Like, you tell me a really bad idea, and my head thinks that is great. Like, this is good information. I'm going to try this. And, um, and I tried everything, and I idolized my sisters. Like, they were beautiful and thin and so popular, and I was so uncomfortable in my skin. I, I mean, I want to be like, I cannot tell you enough. But it's like, you guys get it. You know, like, I don't have to say that in this room. Um, and I wore four different outfits my entire sophomore year of high school, like, literally. And when I came into the, to the rooms... I would have a panic attack if I had to wear a short sleeve shirt. Like, I wore long sleeves, covered my body, you better stay away. But please think I'm the best thing ever, you know. But, like, please stay away, you know. Um, you better want to have sex with me, but please stay away. Don't talk to me. You know, just like that torturous head. Um, and so, anyway, my sisters were just amazing, um, and I was really overweight, and I just... Um, so anyway, so I had lost a bunch of weight and then got a lot of attention, and I just thought, you people are awful. Like, I can't believe, you know, like, and it was like, oh, I've proven myself right. You know, this is what happens. Like, you, you're thinner, and then um, you get attention. So, you know, I can, like, bore you with all the stories, and it went back and back and forth. Like, I went to college, um, got, you know, out of town. I'm from Nashville. Um, never felt like I belonged, um, and gratefully in this program, I have done many inventories, and, like, I don't hate my town anymore. Like, I is, you know, when, in the beginning, like, I heard, take what you want and leave the rest, and, and I applied that to, like, my hometown. I hated it. It represented everything I didn't want to be. Um, and now I love Nashville, and, like, I, I travel for work, and I'm so happy to go back. So, that's a miracle, this program. Um, so anyway, so... I went off to college and got out of town and packed on, like, 40 more pounds. And what happened was I got um, severely sick in my freshman year of college. I got rheumatoid arthritis, and I thought, I just can't handle college. Like, I, you know, this is, I didn't know what had happened. I really, like, did, like, go from, like, fully capable to, like, handicapped. And I didn't know what had happened. I just thought, like, I, you know, wasn't cut for college. 
Um, and so that was the beginning of this journey in eventually into Overeaters Anonymous. And um, I, I, I had to move back home and, l- and let my family take care of me because I had gotten so sick. Um, and let me tell you, when you cannot make your own food and you're a compulsive overeater, like, it was torturous. I just, I had to rely on other people, and I couldn't just go and, like, get my food when I wanted. Because I couldn't, I had, like, I won't go into details, but, like, you know, handicapped. Like, I just couldn't do anything. Um, very, you know, incapable. So, it was just this torturous hell. And, um, but what ended up happening was I, I stayed at home for about nine months, and my family took care of me. And then... Um, I moved to Los Angeles seven years ago in in 2006, and I went to college. Um, and, I, and when I got here, I was flunking out of college. Um, I was uh, well. I'll get there. But anyway, so um, <laughs> so my I met with a nutritionist for my um, for my ailments, and she told me to go on a diet. And I was like, okay, great. I'm in so much pain. I can't move. I'm willing to do whatever you say. And I did it. Um, and then, um, I lost about 75 pounds in four months, and that is a drastic amount of weight to, to lose in that amount of time. Um, that was gross. And, um, and I just, I was hopeless, you know, and I want to say that at my lowest weight, which was at that point, I've never been more miserable in my life. And I came to Overgenomous to relieve the insanity in my head. Because I just couldn't do it anymore. I was terrified for my life. So, um, my best, so I lost all the weight and then, of course, gained like half of it back. And when I was gaining half of it back, my friend told me about OA. Um, and I so kindly told her, you should totally go to that. You have, your portions are out of control. Like, go to that, you know. And she was, you know, thank you. Um, so, uh, then, six months later, she retold me about it. And, like, this bomb went off. And I was mortified and yet felt so home at the same time. And, and um, that was over Christmas break. And I was visiting family. And we went to um, a bookstore and bought an... Um, a book about OA, um, and and I I had a boyfriend at the time, and I kept hiding it from him, and he was like, he wasn't like going through my suitcase, but I just remember like hiding it like every second, like he cannot know, like had he not already known, you know, what I was doing with food, um, but it was you know the gateway into here, and and I came because I, I was 21. Like I said, I was flunking out of college. I was binging until 5 in the morning at every fast food restaurant. I said in my first step, like, if I don't work the 12 steps, I will die at a fast food restaurant. Like, I just will. Um, You know, giving you my money, like, heart attack, whatever. I don't know, but I'll die. Um, And I came here, and, um, and I sat next to somebody. I always cry when I say this. I sat next to somebody who was 523 pounds. And there was also someone in the corner who was suffering from bulimia. And I saw both of them, and I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Like, how can that be? Like, you know, I I get both ends of it. You know, I get that head. And and they were reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and I heard the word alcohol, and I looked at him, and I was like, is this AA? (laughs) And he goes, no, it's OA. And I was like, 
you know, like I couldn't walk out. I could not have gone to the wrong meeting. You know, like that, I was, I was mortified. And just he just looked at me and he said, no, it's away. And I just said, okay, thank you. And like I'll never forget the look he gave me, um, ever. And I came for four months and I binged my brains out. I was not ready to let the food go at all. So if you're new and you're not willing to let your food go, and for me it was like my best friend, my lover, my everything, like, it's okay, you know? Um, pray for the willingness. Pray for the desperation. And four months in, I I got it. Because I, everything was spiraling out of control. Like, everything. Um my roommate started catching me, like, on binges at 3 in the morning. She would wake up, and I wouldn't be home, and she would ask, she would call me. And I'm like, how dare you? And um, she'd say, where are you? And I, I said, I'm, I'm, at, I'm getting water. Well, then I had to go get water. And I was so upset. And I'd come in, and, and she'd just wait for me. And it's like, um, I just put people through torture. And I, I really thought I was affecting no one. Um, and I just was lashing out, and, and nothing in my life looked good. And so I, I got abstinent, and my sponsor asked me, what can you not do and be a working civilian in this world? And I said, I can't binge. I can't eat pizza. I cannot eat sourdough bread. Um, and a couple other things. And I put those things down. Um... So I have, I have not binged, I have not eaten pizza, I have not, so I have two behaviors on my abstinence. Um, I don't go from place to place to, like, get anything, like, even today, like, uh, a couple days ago I was at a store and I wanted, like, um, I think I was looking for, like, like, a protein bar or something. And they didn't have it. But I don't get to go to the next one. Because if the next place doesn't have it, I'm going to the third place. And that's what I did. I went to, like, I think 12 places was, like, my max. And I had, I lived in Hollywood. And I had the entire, like, Hollywood to Burbank to North Hollywood. Like, the entire, like, city mapped out on my binge route. Um, I mean, that's a headache even to think about. And to be doing that, I mean, that's, like, what brought me here. Uh, God bless you. And so... So I got abstinent, and I never failed another class again. And, like, that was a miracle. And graduated college, I think, 18 months later. Um, I didn't think that was possible. I failed math seven times. I'm just not good at math. But literally, like, I, I got abstinent, and, you know, I, I put the food down and picked life up. Like, it's just that simple. It, it's not easy. Um, I got a sponsor who... Um, she was she was everything I wanted to be that I didn't know how to achieve. You know, she was adorable and quirky and fun and pretty and, like, so nice to everyone. And I just thought, you're the worst person ever. And I sat next to her in a meeting, and I said that I needed a sponsor. And she said, um, she, came back up to, she came up to me, and I didn't want to talk to her. I was, like, about to leave the meeting. Um, and she's like, oh, my God, I'll sponsor you. And I was like, oh, hey, thank you. And I called her a, a few days later and worked with her for two and a half years, and she heard four and five. And she drastically changed my life because I followed her direction, and I really let her in. You know, like, that's the key for me is, like, letting people in and letting them see me. Um, so, I wanna, so I guess I am talking about what it's like now. And what it's like now is really, really good, you know, um, 
I'd gotten to step nine. I'm in the middle of step nine. I did, um, I got, I had to go back to one, two, and three last year. My food got a little messy, and my sponsor said, you are not on eight. Go back to one, two, and three. And I thought, okay. And I was really upset, but so I'm just willing to take her direction because she knows what's best for me. It's, you know, I believe that. If you know, and I hope everyone has a sponsor who, like, you believe they have your best interest at hand. And my sponsor absolutely has my best interest at hand, no matter what. Um, and I thought I would do that in like two months, and it took me a year. And I just, I was where I was, you know. And so now, I'm back, um, and I'm on step nine. And I got, I want to. I want to talk about this. I got a tax return. I filed my taxes and got a tax return last week. And um, I absolutely, like, I literally never thought about my financial amends, not once. And I opened, I was about, I was on the way to the bank to open a savings account for this money. And because I was, I was planning to go to Paris and London this fall with my sister. Um, and both of, I'm grateful because of um, OA, I'm in a new fellowship too. And so both of my sponsors, without knowing each other, ever talking to each other, brought up on the same day, like, you have financial amends to make, you're not going to Paris and London, like, you're using that money, and they were really kind and loving, and both of my sponsors just said, do you want freedom, and I, I said, absolutely, you know, and I made a financial amends, like, that same day, a girl texted me, who I, who I owe $422 to, we never impromptuly ever get like any we never hang out like you know on the whim she texted me that morning and asked if I wanted to have um, lunch with her and and I went and I showed up you know and and I apologized for you know not keeping my commitment and, and paying her back that she so kindly gave me four years ago um and, and she's one of my best friends. And I got to make a commitment. You know, I got to apologize for not, for avoiding her on and off, subconsciously or not, for four years. Because I owed you this money that was never mine to begin with. You know? Um, and I literally, for every, I have exact, exactly the amount of money from that tax return that I owed back to people and that's God like okay I have $78 left I think per my sponsor she thinks and and I turned that over to her like I gave it to them and I told them this is this is what I have and they said okay here we go dish it out go do your amends um, because it's just not my money to begin with and and I want freedom um, so I, I sponsor women I, and I heard a really great speaker one time say that she doesn't and this is just my opinion and hers, um, that she doesn't believe in saying that she's a full sponsor because, like, I have to be willing to, like, give back what I have. Um, and sometimes I have a lot of sponsees, but, like, they come and go, you know, sometimes. And I have a lot of women that I sponsor right now, and I love every single one of them. And, um, and I take them through the steps, you know, like the way I was taken through. And because it took me four months to get abstinent, I have to give them that dignity of choice as well to know that like they might not get abstinent right away and, and, and I'm not a bad sponsor because of that you know it's just it's just the, 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 you know where they are right now um, and what else do I do um, I'm of service like every opportunity I can because left to my own devices uh, it's just terrible like it I don't I don't want to be in my own head and this morning like I've had you know you know, a really good week, good work, good life, good program. And then this morning, you know, 
Like, I wake up pretty happy, usually. Um, and I'm in a situation that I've never been in. Like, it sounds so stupid, but, like, resentment is the number one killer. I have a housemate, and her dog, it, like, literally hates everyone but her. And I get barked at, in, like, all the time. And I woke up, and I was, like, it terrified me. Like, the anxiety that comes over me. Um, and my sponsor reminded me, like, you're not binging. You're dealing with this, and you have this dog that you really hate. And that's really uncomfortable for you because you hate anger, and you're uncomfortable. And I'm not binging, and I'm not, you know, doing anything else destructive. And the list goes on with that, you know. Um, So I'm really grateful that I can turn that over, you know, and, like, I can be in a meeting, and, like, the answer is here, you know. Um, I'm sure I could say more, but I just feel, like, really... I feel at peace, um, so I'm going to end early, and and I'm, I'm really grateful that, that that's just a feeling that I get today because of, you know, these rooms, so I'll open it up for um, questions if anyone has any, so thank you for letting me share. On that note, does anyone have any questions? Okay, so what do I do on a daily basis for my spiritual program? I heard a great speaker recently. Um, he says three things. Um, surprise me, God. Lead me where you need me. And thank you, Father. And I say that every day since I heard that. Morning and night on my knees. Um, I read pages 83 to 88 on my knees from the big book. Um, and then I've recently started meditating for two minutes afterwards. And, like, I want to go to five, you know, but it's like, let's just do two. You know, like, let's not jump ahead. Um, I answer sponsees' calls. And sometimes I feel like I have nothing to say. And guess what? It's not about me, you know? Like, how about listen to them? Um, I call my sponsor. I send my food in every day. I send in multiple gratitude lists. Um, And like I said, for me, like... Being of service gets me out of my head, whatever it looks like. Sometimes it's just looking like the barista, the barista, and the eye at the coffee shop and saying, like, how are you? You know? Um, opening a door for somebody, like, that's being of service. Um, like, and it's selfish, but, like, anything I can do to just get out of here. Um, but really, those pages, you know, right-size me and just saying those three things and then praying for others and not praying for myself all the time. Yeah, um, it's a bunch of women in OA, and um, someone started it about four years. Oh, I didn't. The question was the gratitude list I mentioned, and how does it work? Um, it's a OA gratitude list that I that someone started about four years ago, and it's just a it's a it's an email group. And we just all send in our gratitude throughout the day, and then um, have phone meetings twice a week. So if you'd like to talk to me after um, after the meeting, I'd be happy to do that with you. <laughs> my sisters, how's the relationship today? Um, it is it's really good. Um, I, I my, my sister, one of them, the one who's right above me, I had a lot of damage. Um, I played the victim a lot in that relationship, and I didn't realize that I thought she was the problem. And I got to make amends to her two weeks ago. And, um, like... I just, I just got to apologize for everything I've done and not done, you know. 
and and some of the things were so silly, like things I did when I was little, but I carried them. Like, I literally stabbed her with a pencil when I was 10 years old, and I wouldn't let that go. And when I was making the amends to her, she, like, showed me the pencil mark. <laughs> like, it's still there. Okay? It's, the lead is still there. Um, and I got to <laughs> apologize for... You know, everything, but it's not, you know, what my sponsors, like, we would talk about is it's, it's not like, I'm sorry I did that. It's like, what have I done after the amends? I have kept in contact with her. I've texted her and I've called her multiple times because I apologize for, like, not working on a relationship for years, and now I'm working on a relationship. And then the other sister, the older one, I've always been really, really close with her, and, um, yeah, hers is like a general amends. Because it's just a, a really different relationship, and um, and I get to love them where they are, and not figure out who they are, or what they are, and really like let them be, and that is really hard for me sometimes because I want to fix them. But today it's really good because of the steps. Thank you for that question. How so? The question is, how is the mental obsession of being thin removed? That's a really good question, and. It's just a daily reprieve. Like, I know that sounds like, ugh, a daily reprieve, really? But, I mean, that's all I get. And I just, I've just learned that. Um, today I was trying on dresses at a store. And I can go in, like, any store now and, like, not cry and, like, clothes fit. But um, today they didn't. And I, like, walked out of a dressing room, like, not in tears. And I don't, I don't forget that. Like, I thought about that. Like, I'm not crying right now or hating the world or, like, planning, like, where to go eat. So I, I don't know. It's not always removed. There are days that I would love to be thinner. I would love to have more muscle. I would love, you know, X, Y, and Z. But what I have learned and having arthritis has really helped this is that my body is so much more than what it looks like. Like, that is the, the emphasis. And if I can remember that, like, I couldn't, you know, get out of bed a long time ago. And I, like, walked out of bed easy this morning, you know. So, like, my self-worth just can't be in my own body, bless you. Um, and, I, and, that's a res- and that's by working the steps. It's like everything is because of the steps for me. Um, and praying. You know, my sponsor always asks, like, ask God to remove this. Um, and, I, and I think that's what I've done. Welcome. How has, okay, so the question is, how has my relationship changed with my higher power through the years and church camp and everything? Um, sometimes I still think of God as the God in the sky, and sometimes I don't. And I have no clear definition of that, or explanation, I should say. But it it is probably the question that I struggle most to answer, because for me, it's just a feeling. And I think it's like, how did I feel at peace ending early? I just did. It just came over me. That's just being connected to God. And I didn't have that when I came in. Um, And... When I came in, I realized that the God that I grew up with wasn't everyone's God, and that gave me a lot of peace. And um, and so I think my relationship has strengthened over the years because I'm not so 
focused on on one God, if that makes sense. Um, because I was raised with one God, and that was it. And that's just not how it is anymore, I believe. It's, it's anything. Um, and for me, it's just a feeling and um, willingness to just get on my knees and turn it over. So, thanks. Okay, so the question is, the steps, and have any been particularly um, hard or inspiring? Um, um, step four was just amazing. It was, it was hard, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, I did a thorough inventory, and, like, I listed stuff. And... And I got to turn that over to someone and for someone to say, yeah, me too. Okay, next page. Keep going, you know. And also for her to say, um, you never have to do that again, you know. I, I really felt like that's when I got my voice. And I was probably about a year and a half into program when I had finished that. I was really scared to do the four-step because a lot of people in the room had said, oh, that's when you're going to lose weight. And I was like, what? No. Like, I held on to my fat for a reason. I, I, I ate to protect myself. I wanted to keep you away and, you know, for me to suffer. And so I was terrified to do it for that reason. But that wasn't the case for me. Um, and then... I don't want to talk about this, but I can't lie in an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. Um, step eight was really powerful for me because um, I started it, it, it's forgiveness. And um, in my recovery, I had had an affair with someone and didn't, it, I got, re- it got really, I got, it, it consumed me. And I got to step eight and um, my, temp- my sponsor was out of town, and I had a temporary sponsor, and I called her and I said, um, I don't know what to do to forgive myself for my behavior, and I don't like myself anymore. Like, what happened to me? Um, and she told me to write a letter um, to his wife, and, not to, and I would not give it to her. Um, but I did, and that was the first step in forgiving myself. And I I learned that, like, I cannot forgive myself. I cannot forgive you if I do not forgive me. And I felt horrible, you know, but feeling horrible, like, that's, what's that going to do? You know, I had to take action. And and now my amends is volunteering at um, a women and children's shelter for the harm I've done to people that don't, maybe don't know that, you know, they've been wronged. so four and eight were, were really powerful for me, and just forgiveness of myself, you know, and um, and then making amends for like things I've done in recovery and things I've done in my compulsive eating, because I've hurt people in both, and I just get to like keep turning that over. So thanks for your question. My abs. What's your? One of the questions. What's my abstinence? Um, so it's no binging, no pizza. I don't go from, um, I don't go to multiple places and I don't leave the house after 10 o'clock for any sexy food because that's what I did in the beginning. Um, and it hasn't, my abstinence hasn't changed. And I don't eat my red light foods. Um, but they're not part of my abstinence. It was just really loose in, in the beginning of my sponsor. Um, but my food has definitely cleaned up, which, you know, is more part of the food plan for me. And... I've thought about changing or, like, adding to my abstinence. I just haven't. 
Um, but I'm really clear that certain foods I cannot touch or pick up. They're just not for me. And so I don't eat them. And I've thought about, you know, working with my sponsor and asking if I should add it to my absence. We just haven't yet. Um, but I'm really clear one day at a time what I cannot touch. Um, and I think I have a healthy level of, like, fear of what it would be like. Because I don't – one of my best friends in program, like, had took a bite and went out for 22 years. Like, I don't – what if that's me? You know, I just cannot touch certain things. So, thank you. So, when did I start sponsoring and what was it like? I started sponsoring after my fifth, um, at the very end of my fourth step, like right around my fifth step. And everyone's different. That's what my sponsor told me to do. And it was absolutely terrifying. You know, I never felt like I was good enough or that I had enough to say or share. Um, I felt like sometimes I didn't even want to do it, you know. But now, I mean, I learned so much from them. I can't imagine, you know, life without, you know, not, I can't imagine, not like so dramatic, but like <laughs> it helps me, you know. And I, I had the sponsor over today, and like literally all of them were supposed to be here, and like something happened to every single one of them. <laughs> like it was just one of those days. Um, so, and, and I have, you know, guidelines. You know, like I ask them to do these certain things, and really encourage them to do it and um and when they don't you know it's you know I'm so abstinent and I, and I can't I can't make them do anything I can just give them suggestions and love them through it um and give them hard direction when they need it so okay so the question is uh how do you juggle two programs and has it ever put OA at risk um, and my abstinence at risk. Yeah, that's why I went to the other program. Like, um, abstinence is everything to me. And I, when my food, when I started having food thoughts and I started thinking more about food and, like, wanting to mix things and move things around, you know, four years in, so I'm seven, I'm almost eight months in that program, the other program, my other program. And, um, I was willing to, to put it down because I didn't want to mess with my abstinence. Absolutely. So that's why I went, you know. And um, I do three meetings um, in each program to balance it. So, and if I go to, like, a fourth meeting in one program, then I go to a fourth meeting in the other program because i got to keep them, like, balanced and equal. And, for, and, and I think that was for me because I was like, I'm not really the other thing. You know, like, I'm fine. Um, and I am. You know, and and they're both, like, when I went in, um, I didn't think it was life or death. I didn't think I was that bad. But it is in certain areas. And always um, life or death. So they have to be equal. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you.